and welcome to the Words and Pictures podcast. I'm DJ Bowman-Smith and this is Words and Pictures podcast number 78. This week it's a solo episode entitled Why I'm an Independent Author and How You Can Be Too. I'll be going over some key points to try and persuade you that it's really not as hard as you think. Uh, First of all, though, before we get going, uh, I'd just like to point out a few things. The dog is lying next to me, Evie Whippet, and uh, she may be snoring. And also, if you hear some weird screeching in the background, the seagulls are particularly um, noisy at this time of year. So, uh, you know, don't let it disturb you. Somebody is not being murdered in the cupboard. So, uh, happy days. So a little bit of rustling, you might hear the dog a little bit. I'll put put a blanket over her. Happy days. Okay, so... I thought I would do a solo episode about once a month to answer some of the questions that I get asked along the way about being an independent author and being a professional writer. And uh, I thought this would be a good place to kind of um, share some of my knowledge and some of my experience with you. And uh, so obviously the thing I get asked the most is about being an independent author. And some people are very set on the idea when they start to write, they get very set onto the idea that they want to be traditionally published because it still is a kind of a, an ideal, I think, for a lot of people when they begin writing. And sometimes I think the ideal is there because they don't really know any different. And then if they do become more aware of you know, self-publishing, as you know, there's so many self-published authors now, they kind, people tend to can think that it's beyond them, that it's, it's something that's you know, not something that they can do, that it's too much work. Now, I must admit it is a lot of work, but all publishing is a lot of work. If you want to write and be successful at it, you know, and sell your work, you're you're going to have to, you know, you're going to have to work at it to, to get it to get there. Okay, so I'm going to cover some key points, and um, I hope they're useful. So my first point is time. So if you've written a manuscript and you're really happy with it, and you're you're going to send it off and try and get it professionally published, the best way to do it is to get an agent. Uh, and, you know, so you're going to have to do all the covering letters and send off to lots of agents that would possibly like your kind of genre that you're writing in. And it could take a very long time to land an agent. Now, let's assume you've got an agent and they managed to get you a publishing deal. And we're talking, you know, this might be a span of years. Even if you've got that far, it's still going to take 18 months or more before your book is actually up for sale. So it's a very long process. The traditionally published route is a long process, whichever way you look at it. So that's the first thing. Now, if you're a little bit older, like me, then I haven't really got, you know, two or three years every time I put something out there for it to be, you know, until it comes out again. And also, I think if you write in series, and I tend to, then there's almost too long in between books for the reader. I mean, it's not... You know, obviously, if people really like your stuff, they'll find the next book, you know, as you bring it out, no matter how you're published. But having said that, I still think it's much better to have a a kind of much closer time gap in between, you know, book one, book two, book three and book four, that kind of thing. So that's my thing. So, yeah, it can take a very long time to get all those eggs in one basket or all those ducks in a line. So, yeah, time. So let's make a comparison then. So I'm saying that it probably takes 18 months to get a book out there, probably two or three years, in fact, if you're going the traditionally published route. So how long does it take me to get a book out? Now, every writer is different 
and people write at differing rates. Uh, so I generally can write a book in four months. Uh, I mean, I don't hang about. I work every day. I'm, I, you know, I've got a very good work ethic. So I can actually write a book in four months, but then it will take me another three to get it sorted, if you see what I mean. So all the other jobs that you need to do. So the, 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 you know, the book covers the editing process, the formatting and all that kind of thing. So I can definitely get it out you know, through the year, I could probably do two books, possibly three if I really push myself to do it. But I generally aim for two. So, yeah, it's much quicker. But the difference is having finished the book and got it out there, it really is out there. It's up for sale. And, you know, from day one, you know, the money should be coming in a little bit. So, you know, that's the thing. And you can kind of grow your stable of books, your your shelf of books, if you like, that you've got for sale and uh, as the years go by you're adding to that and every book that you add makes a big difference to your profit margins so that's that's that um yeah so it's a, it's a much quicker process I'm, I'm not saying that it's easy <laughs> you know you've still got you've still got to work hard but but you can do it so that that's my thing so that's time so let's have a look at another thing um IP, intellectual property, when you're independently published, you always own your intellectual property, you always own your IP. But when you traditionally publish, you're selling some of your intellectual property or selling the rights to it. It could be, you know, something that goes on for a couple of years, you know, or you might have a contract that they own the own your writing for seven years or more, or they might own, own it for life. They might own it in different formats. So ebook, paperback, hardback, you know, special editions, these kinds of things. And generally, and, and also the big thing at the moment is the audiobook thing. I mean, that's a whole nother podcast. But, um, you know, when you go to do a, a pub, when you go to sign a contract with a publisher, they will try and take or own all those rights and you lose all the rights to all the different formats that your book could be published in including foreign rights translation rights all that kind of thing when you're independently published you own everything so you know at the moment I'm just bringing out an audiobook for my first book in my witchy trilogy thing and uh, I you know I'm doing that myself you know I'm going to bring it out it's not going to cost me much to do it and uh, it's been a lot of fun it's not beyond the wit of man to do it it's not it's not that hard people get a bit worried about it but it's really not that hard to do uh and it's just another feather in my cap as it were so it'll be another way that that book will make me money so at the moment it's out in ebook it's out in paperback i haven't bought out a hardback but i possibly will at christmas if i can get round to it and do the covers um i might bring out a special edition if it did really well if i wanted to um definitely obviously the audiobook is my next thing in there uh, but my point is i own the whole thing so at the moment, I just I just publish exclusively onto the Amazon store. But I definitely think that in the very near future, I will probably put the paperbacks up on a different store so that I can uh, hopefully get them into some small bookshops and that kind of thing. And also, you know, I could, in fact, trans have the books translated. I don't know whether my English humour and this particular genre would be a good thing for translation because of the the nature of it 
Um, so I probably won't bother with translation. But my point is that you could. So if you wrote thrillers and books like that, that that any, you know, anybody would enjoy, then, you know, def definitely think about the translation rights and, you know, putting them into different countries. But my point is when you when you traditionally publish, you lose all of those things or most of them. So if you're doing the tra traditional route, definitely have a look at that contract really carefully and don't just sign everything away so that you have some control over some of it. You know, definitely try and keep the audiobook rights or maybe the ebook rights, you know, go. It's good. Now, there's a lot of hybrid authors out there at the moment where people um, contract out some of the bits and pieces, you know, to do with their intellectual property so that they can, uh, you know, publish paperbacks and different things like that. They can go into sort of more of the wholesale market. And that's entirely possible. But if you own the IP, you can make that decision. You know, you've still got control. So it's, it, you know, it's a whole different thing. So that's my first point is, well, my second point my first point is time. It's going to take you a very long time to get traditionally published. And my second point is, you know, if you are traditionally published, you're going to lose most, if not all, of your intellectual property rights. And and that's a really big one. Uh, but now, the thing is, I've often said that I'm an older lady. Not that old, but, you know, I'm getting on a bit. And I kind of think that, you know, I, I'm very keen that when I do pop off this mortal coil... You know, I would very much like my two daughters to, you know, inherit my, my work and be able to carry on getting the royalties off it, run this little publishing thing that I'm doing for themselves. And, and you know, after I'm dead and gone, I, I fully hope that they will be able to carry on with it and make some money off it, which is kind of the thing. But if you're, you know, if you're traditionally published, you can't really do that, really. You can't just sign your books over to somebody. So, you know all of that. So, you know, it's worth thinking about. Have a really good think about your intellectual property. Okay, next point then. My next point is deadlines. <laughs> okay. Um, so I know a few people who are traditionally published and um, they're, a couple of them are romance writers and they are, you know, working with some publishing houses that they kind of want the next book, the next book. And they have some very fierce deadlines kind of really drawn into the sand and I often find that they're you know really you know I kind of see them on social media and things like this and they're really working hard to you know meet this de deadline meet this deadline and I think that can be it can be a good thing and it can be a bad thing now I'm not saying that I don't give myself some deadlines but the difference with my deadlines is if it's not working out and life is getting in the way and I feel like things are getting on top of me, I can move my darn deadline wherever I darn well please. <laughs> and I haven't got anybody breathing down my neck. Um, whereas I think some of the publishing houses can be quite hard nosed about the deadline thing, you know, and you really got to deliver when you say you're going to deliver. And sometimes the creative process is not that fluid, you know, some sometimes I don't find I've got it in me to produce something. It's not a good day for writing, you know, and if you've only got, you know, a few months in which to bring something out, you know, because, you know, that's when the publishing house has said they want it, you know, it, it can be tricky, you know, and sometimes I think you write better stuff when you're in the right place, in the right mood, in the right health in order to do it. So, yes, I do give myself deadlines. I have a, I have a loose deadline of what I'd like to do. But if it goes wrong, it's not the end of the world. 
For example, I'd really hoped to get my second book out in the Midwich trilogy out before Christmas, and that was entirely in my mind. And I'd got the book kind of written and it was ready to go, and I sent it off to my publisher. My publisher, I sent it off to my editor, and everything was fine, and I did the illustrations, and I, I'm all set. But then when it really came to to it, and it was nearly Christmas, I found that I didn't really have the wherewithal to work really, really hard and spend all that time on my publishing life in order to bring this book out for Christmas. And I found that I was feeling a bit stressed about it. So when I kind of took stock of my situation, I was able to say, actually, you know, nobody's going to die. Nothing's going to happen. I'm just going to bring this out after Christmas when I'm good and ready. And it was a really good decision. I decided that I would concentrate on Christmas. You know, there's always some jobs to do, you know, within my publishing life anyway, things that I wanted to work on. And that, that was fine as well. I kind of was doing the book covers and doing the kind of illustration stuff as well, because, you know, I do my own artwork. And, th and that was great to do, but it was kind of like taking my foot off the gas pedal for a minute. And then when the new year came, I have felt much more in a, in a really good place to you know, bring this book out and let it be the best that it can be and take the time that I need and I'm not rushing. That's my thing. And I'm enjoying it. That's the difference. Whereas I think if I tried to really press on and get that out before Christmas, I don't think I would have enjoyed it as much as I'm enjoying it now. So, you know, that's that. So although I'm saying, you know, you know, you won't have any deadlines and I'm not saying don't give yourself a few deadlines <laughs> but they're not deadlines if you know what I mean there there that's it's a working plan is kind of what I have you know I have a, a time scale and when I'd like to get things done by but I'm not, I'm not going to cry or get myself stressed out if things aren't working out and other things get in the way you know like Christmas and family life or sickness or anything like that or any other family dramas you know you, you can just get on and do what you want and I think that's all part of it really that's one of the other things which I haven't even written down here on the notes because I take it for granted is being your own boss you know about the deadlines okay my next point then is creative control uh when you're an independent author you have complete creative control over everything that you do and for me that's a really important thing uh, especially as sometimes I think if you get into the traditional traditionally published life uh, quite often you write a book and if it was successful they want you to write something else like it and you can kind of get caught into a thing where you're always being required to write the same kinds of things and that's fine if you're happy doing that that's absolutely fine but I find my creative mind is quite is quite broad and I like to do different things. I write for children. I write dark fantasy. You know, I'm writing these kind of lighthearted romancey things at the moment, which is pretty good. I've got another idea up my sleeve for something else that I hope to get on with kind of in the middle of the year, which is different again. But my point is nobody is telling me what to do, what not to do, and I can make my own decisions. So on a broad scale, you know, I have complete creative control over what I am creating. But on a smaller scale, each thing that I bring out, each book that I bring into the world, I've had complete control over it and what it looks like, how it feels, how it was edited, you know, the storyline, you know, the whole the whole thing. So at the moment, I am just uh, getting this book, The Midwitch 2, ready. 
and I have been today I've been putting the illustrations in and I've done these little illustrations for the chapter headings and I, I really like them. Now, some people would say, oh, there's no point. Just put the words in. People aren't interested in the illustrations. But for me as an independent author, I feel that I'm giving a little bit more of myself to the reader. It's, it's a bit more personal somehow, these little sketches on each chapter heading. And, uh, you know, it gives me a bit of pleasure to be able to do that and show off this other side of myself, this artistic side. But my point being is that I have the creative control to do that. If I want, you know, illustrated chapter headings, well, I can have them. <laughs> and if I don't, I can do without. And the other thing is, you know, within the formatting process, you know, I'm deciding on the typeface. I'm deciding on the size of the the size of the book. I'm deciding all of those kinds of things. And as you probably know, if you're a regular listener, you know that I do my own book covers and artwork anyway. So, you know, I'm making all those decisions. But even if you're not artistically, you know, if that, that's not your thing, you're still going to be able to decide, you know, on your cover designer. And, you know, when your cover designer, you know, shows you the covers, you can decide, you know, whether that's right for you, whether that was what you had in mind, you know, and you can go back and forth with the artist and, and get exactly what it is that you want. So, you know, that's my thing is the creative control, the big picture. I can do what I want. And each little decision for everything that I bring out, I can I can do what I want as well. And that also goes for other smaller things like, um, you know, how I look on social media, you know, what what kind of assets I use, you know, to um, advertise my work, what the ads look like, what my website looks like, the podcast, all of that kind of thing. It's all up to me. I have complete control of it. I'm entirely my own boss. And for me, as, as a person and as a creative, I find that's a really important thing. Now, this might be something to do with being a an older woman. I came into uh, writing kind of in my mid-40s. I'm now nearly 60. I will be 60 in a week or so. And so I've been doing this for a fair old while. And, and possibly it's a little bit of... Um, kick back from you know doing jobs where you've always you know having to toe the line and do what the do what the management says and all that kind of thing so it's it's kind of nice to kind of do what you want so that's my point okay so my next point is you will still need to market anyway <laughs> okay now sometimes when people are really naive about the whole publishing process they kind of think that being traditionally published will give them more time to write and they see themselves getting on with their writing and then handing their manuscript over at the end of it and then the publisher takes care of everything else. Now, I do believe the publisher will um, assign you a an editor, somebody who's going to edit your work and they will sort out the cover design to what they think and, and that's fine if you if you get on with the editor and you like the cover designer and all that kind of thing. But I've heard a lot of stories about people that don't like, um, you know, they didn't really get on with the editing person and they didn't really like the cover design or they didn't really have much say in it. So, you know, again, there's that creative control. Um, but having said that, you will be, you know, you'll get those two things. But uh, new writers sometimes think that having got those two things, they will also get this third thing, which is the marketing. They imagine that the traditionally the traditional publisher will market their book for them they won't unless you are very famous 
<laughs> um, unless you are very famous, you will not have your book marketed for you. You know, you will have to do the book marketing yourself. You will have to show that you have an author platform um, and, you know, that you are you know, on social media. You have a social media presence and you're ready to you know, market your book. You know how to market your book. You know who your readership is. You know what you're trying to do as you're you know, on your social media platforms. You know you, what you're going to say in order to sell your book. And uh, and although you might not be required to do, if you were traditionally published, to actually run paid ads, you'd certainly be required to get on social media and shake your, you know, blow your own trumpet, as it were. And and if you don't, you, you're not going to get a lot of sales, really. And I know some traditionally published authors that still run paid ads to their staff. So, you know, that's worth thinking about. So the thing is, if you're doing all this work and you're doing the you're doing the marketing yourself and the marketing is a huge job. You know, it's the first thing that I get on in the morning. You know, I'm straight onto the social media networks and I'm and I'm getting out there and making my presence felt. Uh, it's something that I'll touch through through the day and I also run paid ads to my stuff, which can be complicated and time consuming. And that's without, you know, actually making all the little pictures and all those kinds of things that you need to have as well, or known as um, your assets. So what I would say is if you're doing that anyway and you're getting, you know, lesser royalties because you're being traditionally published because you won't get as much money i'll get onto that in a minute uh then it's a lot of work to do to put money in somebody else's pocket that's my point so you will have to do the marketing yourself however you bring your work out into the world so my next point is the royalties and advance myth now the royalties and advance myth is something i hear a lot people kind of have this um what's the word uh, you know a dream i suppose they have this dream that they're going to get published and they're going to get paid a really big royalty which is going to be you know like life changing and even if they're not as naive as that they think they're going to get paid a fairly good sum of money which will be if not life changing it'll certainly help hmm. well the actual truth is for a, a debut author very few advances are actually paid out and sometimes when and, so, and when they are they're quite low and in fact I think if you look at I, there's some statistics somewhere and I'm sure if you googled it you'd find that the the general payout is something between four and five grand which is not a lot of money really and then you only get paid the royalties after your book has earned whatever the payment was so whatever the whatever the advance was you don't get any royalties until the book has earned the advance and then you get royalties so if it never makes its its advance money you will never get any royalties and that'll be that so you know that's really worth thinking about whereas yes as an independent author you will have to put some money in your own pocket in order to bring your work out into the world uh, and i suggest that you you know you will need to hire some professionals and in my next um, solo episode, I'll be talking about uh, the people that you need around you uh, in order to self-publish. So look out for that episode, which will be entitled something like You Can't Do Everything Yourself. So when I sell a book, I get the royalties. Now, I put the 
at the moment I'm just exclusively selling on the Amazon platform and I think the royalties is 70% which is pretty good really now Amazon don't pay you for three months so you have a bit of a, a backlog but of course once the money starts to trickle through and the book becomes more popular and you write more books and have a, you know more in your stable then you know you get that those royalty checks coming in at the beginning of the month and it's quite nice so um yeah so that's the difference you'll get paid straight away it might not be a fortune you'll have to build it up you'll have to do your own advertising either way but you will be getting the royalties and they will be all yours and i think that's the crux of it really if you think traditionally publishing will give you some massive amount of money and you know you'll be on your way as an author i think you have to really realize that it really isn't the case you know and very few traditionally published authors even if they're with a quite a big house very few of them have actually have their um work in the big bookshops and things like that it's only like the really top top five or three percent or whatever it is again check google i'm sure they'll tell you um of those authors you know those really high high up authors that are going to get that kind of recognition so yeah it's it's definitely worth thinking about okay well there we are i hope you're i hope you're feeling inspired to have a go i think basically what you need is a good work ethic whatever you're going to do you know um, the writing life is not a passive thing i th i think a lot of problems have, have come not problems but a lot of dreams are because of the, you know, the the sort of films that you see on television of, you know, these people that are writers and they all they do is write. They just write all the time and then they hand this manuscript over in usually a terribly short time and uh, and then their books, you know, massively successful and, you know, they've made a million and all of that kind of thing. And the truth of the matter is you know, it's really hard work and you have to have a, you know, a different hat. You have to have a marketing hat, you know, and um, your writing hat. And you need to know a few other bits of nitty gritty, um, you know, along the way. But my point is, you know, it really isn't rocket science. And if you have a good work ethic and you can spare a bit of cash to hire a few professionals along the way to do the jobs that you feel feel are either not for you, or you definitely, definitely need to have somebody because you can't do it yourself. Um, and I would say the first person you need is definitely an editor and uh, and definitely a book designer, unless you are a sort of qualified artist. But um, apart from that, pretty much you can teach yourself the rest. So I'll be definitely talking about, you know, the professionals that you need and what you need to know and where you can find out what you need to know in the next solo episode. So look out for that. Right, I think that's quite enough prattling on about me. <laughs> right, so next week, um, my lovely guest is Angela M. Herrick. We'll be going back in time and talking about her time travel novels. Um, really interesting stuff, so do come along and join me next week um, for an interview. Uh, also, if you have any questions that you want to ask me, you can find me on social media. You can pick my email address up pretty easily off my website and that kind of thing. You know, do get in touch and I'll try and address the bits and pieces, you know, either in the front and back section of these podcasts or within a solo episode. If you've got anything that you particularly want to ask uh, an old indie author like me. OK, so. Until next time then, um, I'm DJ Bowman Smith. You can find me at djbowmansmith.com, funnily enough. You can also find me as a children's author as tigermolly.com. 
And uh, you can find me across social media on both of those names. Brilliant. Right. It's been lovely chatting to you. Until next time. Bye bye.